2: car good morning good morning grinders welcome to the dfs pregame show here on roto grinders i'm jordan cooper aka blender at blender hd If you want to follow me there on twitter and uh and this is the show where uh, we'll, we'll review we we'll, i think we're reviewing yesterday's slate a little bit we talk about dfs strategy now we where we're, we're heading we're heading into september there's going to be sports all there's going to be nfl nba coming back There'll be uh the football, obviously, baseball, soccer. We've got World Cup qualifiers coming up this week. I'll be playing those. We got MMA, PGA, well, the swing season or something, the FedEx playoffs, or I don't know what's going on in golf. We'll be talking about it all, right? This is the DFS strategy show guided by you in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. It looks like Joe Mack beat out Suki Singh today for the, for the first. I see you guys in there. Sterling Woods, Yao Pete, real life pitcher, card fan, Alex Hooper, Marks Mimic, Jerome Lewis. Hit that thumbs up button. Give me those dummy thumbs. Helps us out, supposedly. I, I'm, I'm told that. I'm told that. I don't know. Does not really? I don't know. I don't know if it does. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, but but yesterday, yesterday was no was not a, not a good not a good day. Didn't work out. Didn't work out yesterday. You know it's going to be a bad day where I go through and I can barely find where like the, the 150 maxers are. The, 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 ooh, a lot of just not not as many as I normally see up here, and the winning lineup is uh, a mess. With the winning lineup in the super knuckleball was uh, was a two was a was a whatever was a pick out some hitters and uh, and then play a batter with two home runs against your pitcher. So. If if you, if you make those types of lineups, maybe you had a shot yesterday. I don't, uh, probably, probably a minus EV line, probably, probably, probably not good to play Trevor story with AJ Alexi, but I guess he's cheap enough that it's not like the end of the world and then not, and just play whatever, just, just two Yankees and a blue Jay and just a random catcher there and just whatever. Okay. A Lot of people build these types of lineups. They're, they're typically most of them are negative EV, but doesn't mean he can't get there. He got there. Oh well. I thought Marquez would be a little bit more. I thought Marquez and Wheeler would be more owned than they were. I thought I would be under on Marquez, and it turns out I was over. And I knew I was gonna be over on Wheeler, but I thought I would be much less over. And Wheeler didn't have a good game. But at 20, if I knew beforehand he was gonna be 27% owned and Robbie Ray would be 53% owned, I'd, I'd obviously have like way more Wheeler than Ray. They projected fairly similar. Similarly enough, yeah, maybe Ray projected for a point or two higher, but they're not going to beat out each other than two to one here. Same thing for Corbin Burns. I had a ton of Corbin Burns. I did the same thing. I just looked at Ray and said, that Burns and Wheeler have, have more better better than two to one better than even money, better than whatever, for the two points in projection to do better than Ray. That doesn't mean I didn't play Ray, but I didn't play play 52% Ray. I played a little bit of A.J. Alexi for the the savings. Played a bunch of Luis Garcia, as I always do. He always goes criminally under especially on slates where there are other pitchers. We needed better than Marquez. I thought Marquez would be like 32% though against the Rangers. He ended up being 24% So I ended up with 30, so I, th- I thought I would be slightly under. And then I also played Baltimore stacks and Rangers stacks. I also played, I, play, I played all the leverage stuff, right? So I'm playing, I, I played 150 lineups into this knuckleball finale. So yeah, I played like 10 Baltimore stacks, 10, you know, for eight national stacks, I think 12 Texas stacks. But then I played these guys in the other lineups also. I was light on the Blue Jays. They were, they were the most owned team, honestly. Pichette, Springer. The Padres were the second most owned, even with, the, with their lineup not even coming out. It took like an hour and a half for their lineup to come out. I mean, the main players were in, but you had to switch out Fam with Grissom. Then they, 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 Pro Far wasn't in the lineup. You had to play, uh, who, who, who did I switch that out with? For Adam Frazier? You had to do some swaps. So I think the Padres could have been higher on. Had the lineup been in before 7.05. But they still were, I mean, look, they still were the second-highest owned team on a, on a nine-game slate. Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth, and then, then we had the, the Dodgers, and then the Yankees. I had a lot of the Phillies, which turned out to be good, but it's just not good enough. Having Phillies lineups with Marquez's four in there, that's not going to do anything for me. Right, I had a lot of good Phillies lineups. I got Tampa Bay right with Brandon Lowe in there. I had a good amount of good lineups with good hitters, and then the pitchers let me down. But then the lineups with like, I would have Corbin Burns and Zach Wheeler with the Texas stack or the Baltimore. I would get the Mount Castle home run, but I mean, I don't have Robbie Ray there. The nut combo was Ray and Burns. I don't even think, was there a cheap enough stack that went off that you could have even done that? I don't think you could play Vlad in a lineup with both, you know, Ray and Burns, but let's see. This is Burns and Alexi. Okay, I get that. Ray, Alexi, Ray Burns. Okay, so this is the top Ray Burns lineup, and it's 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 a mess. Two Washington. I'd let, I mean, this is just a mess lineup. Let's see, Ray wheeler ray okay two high priced pitchers you got blot in there it's more messy lineups. so it's just all mess all messes up here it's all messes what, what, what's up with all the messes okay here's a stack one two three four at least we got four five we got five okay burns ray with the padres i guess you could fill it fit it in but you need to you needed like solac and peterson okay Okay, this is doable. Leaving seven hundred on the table, even Burns Ray with Texas. Okay, one, two, three, four, a four-two-two. Two. Okay, that's doable. Go Pozo in there. Trevor Story's double dong with the four percent. Okay, I get it. Okay, these okay these lineups. Burns Ray with the Texas stack. Okay, Tavares Peters. I mean, not many other did anything, a Solak, so you got three, you got three home runs, they were pretty, they were low owned for how cheap they really were, but yeah, you could fit this in, you fit Guerrero as a one-off, Harper as a one-off, and Zanino, okay, my lineups kind of look like this, my Burns-Ray lineups, I don't know if I had Tavares and Peters together, and Solak, I was, I think I had more like Nate Lowe more Adolis Garcia. I had Peter. I mean, I did have some, but it was more Garcia and Low. And obviously, they they weren't the ones that hit the home runs. But you see here, not many, not many noticeable names up top, right? What Hicks? What is Hicks's best lineup? Toronto, 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 Toronto. Okay, with Burns and Wright, still fitting a Toronto stack. Right? You're playing Kevin Smith. Okay then you're playing a Jack Mayfield $2,900 $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2 $2 one-off. A Jared Dyson, because he had played Jared Dyson in the lineup. Okay, so it looks like a Toronto stack, but it's really like Vlad and Springer and then like the cheapest guys in there. Get Kirk, Smith, and Dyson. Okay, that's a way to go. Toronto was the highest owned team, but I mean, 2% Dyson, he had two steals. Kirk was under 10%. Smith was 10%. Springer was 16. Okay, this is doable. Okay, you can do it this way. Even with Burns and Ray in here, was Pigskin in a blank? Let's see. Texas, Toronto, right? This is four. Looks like four, three, one. With Trevor Story's two home runs in there. Yeah, you just you can pay up and still get flawed at first base because of the cheap Texas bats. That's why I figured these lineups would be a little bit more, a little bit more chalky. Jason Martin, one percent owned. Tavares, one percent owned. All of Texas, that the Rangers are all like two K hitters. You pay up twice and you go and you just fill them in. I don't know. I played a lot of Texas. But I also played a lot of Texas because I thought Marquez would be like 35, 38% owned. I mean, he was one of the higher owned pitchers, yes. Right? He was 24% owned. Was the third highest owned pitcher. Yeah, okay. Just thought I was getting, I was getting more relative value by, by, I mean, I still played Marquez, but in a lot of lineups. Texas with them being so cheap and Marcus being owned same thing for Baltimore also Baltimore wasn't as cheap though. like Baltimore is cheap but not not 2k cheap you're still paying like 3200 for Ramon Urias right 3600 for Severino 4100 for Mancini Hayes was cheap but with 3k you're not paying 2k So the Baltimore lineups, a leverage against Ray, a little bit harder to make. They almost felt like they weren't worth it. I mean, they were worth it from a sense that you're stacking or at least taking bats three man against a 52% dunk pitcher. So that's good. Just it's hard to fit other. You know, I think I have, I played, uh, I I think in single entry, I played a, a Baltimore Yankees, like four, four. Obviously didn't get there. Right, because that lineup doesn't have Ray in it. It has, you know, it has Burns and Marquez, and Marquez only has four points. So that didn't cash. Michael Dampier says, I'm assuming he's talking about Wheeler, it must have been the rain threat. Like you said, Wheeler was basically the same projection as Ray. I'd argue Wheeler has less downside, though he got the downside last night. Was the rain, I mean, there was somewhat of a rain, rain threat. I mean, most people, don't worry about rain until there's like a, an announcement. I don't think people, I don't think a, a large portion of people were scared off of Wheeler because of a potential rain delay in the middle of the game. The game started with a late start. Oh, the game will be delayed. You know, start delayed like that. Yes. That I can see people jumping off. I think it was more of the fact that, you know, Ray's had two past two games, 11 strikeouts, 14 strikeouts. He's, 300 cheaper than Wheeler and they'd go, okay, why aren't they playing Ray? And Ray did project, according to the bat, project better than Wheeler, but not by that much. I think under a point. So that's all I'm saying is that the disparity between Ray and Wheeler, just ownership wise, they project within a point of each other. It made more sense to play wheel or play them together or something. But a 52%-owned pitcher on a nine-game slate is – the success rate isn't going to be high enough that you'd want to play that much of him. I mean, we could even see across the board. Yeah, some people played a ton. If Nerdy Tanner said, nope, his his, his artificial intelligence said uh, 27% was the efficient ownership of Robbie Ray. Right, he did something more like I did. But if I take a look at if I take a look just the pitchers, I think his exposures match more more like mine. I didn't play Kluber though. I didn't play Flexen. I didn't play Gray. I didn't play. I mean, he just he'd, he'd had a little bit more diversity. I played about thirty percent Marquez. I played I played forty percent Wendler. I played about thirty percent Ray. I played forty percent Burns. I played about that of ten percent Alexi. I played a lot more twenty five percent Garcia. Will Smith is a catcher, so who cares? I didn't play any Arias. I played a little Pavetta. Played a little Patino. Wow, OCD played Heaney. Wow. Okay, that 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 takes some balls. Two point seven points. But I look around. This is this is results DB. You can get this for free. I don't know. If people ask I'm like, oh, how do I see this stuff? Better with rotogrinders.com/resultsdb. You don't even, you don't need a membership. You don't need anything. You don't need to be a premium member or nothing. So you can go around and look through. Go, oh, that was interesting. Oh, how did people? But what did what did sharp players do? Could I do things that were similar? Why did they do certain things? Iocd had no AJ Alex, which is fine. Then he must then he must not have had many like expensive stacks. Amongst his lineups. Because Alexa was 4,700. But he still didn't have any of the Rangers. What did, what did he do? You go through. Freddie Galvis. Okay, so Phillies. Phillies, Yankees. Rankies, I think we're underpriced. Brad Miller's there. Marshawn is there. Segura. Who's a, yeah, 5,100. That's a little much. Milwaukee. Okay, I see some Milwaukee. Okay. So less on the, right, because we take a look at the, the, the Blue Jays. A little bit less on that. Where's, where's the blot? Right, 6%, right? Because if you're not going to play Alexi, you're probably, you're probably, and you're not going to play the Rangers. You probably can't build lineups that have a ton of ton of Blue Jays in them. So that's what you do. You look through. You look through some of this stuff. Michael Dompey says, Alexi ownership was really under underestimated. I tried to be over, it and it was rejected at 2%. You ended up at the field. Yeah, I knew he wasn't going to be 2%. 15%? No, I, I, I didn't think he would be that high. I thought 10. I thought 10 would be. And that's about what, what I had. People look at this stuff. Like, we're already, we're since the end of August. You're playing against a lot of people that are all looking at content, looking at projections. No one's just going, oh, I never heard of this guy. He's He's 4,700. He's going to be on... He could pitch 90-plus pitches. I'm not going to play them against the Rockies. We're not a good team. Jeff Ballastia-Striari. Do you manually put in all your picture exposure or just adjust projections to what ownership looks like? No, I put, in my, I put it in manually. Typically, what I will do is I will... Uh, the highest exposure that I would want for a pitcher I put in the max. So if I say i based on how many pitchers I'm playing, I don't want more than 50% of a pitcher. Like, I'll just put the, 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 the overall like here if you're looking lineup HQ, like the overall, I put pitchers. If I say 50 and I look and I'm playing like no more than 10% of a stack or something. Like I'm playing like, Twelve per like ten percent primary and ten. Let's say it's ten percent primary and secondary. So that's the twenty percent combined, and that's like my highest exposed stack and my highest exposed team. So I'll set my hitter at twenty. Right, that's if he's if that player's in all of those stacks, that the most he could be in is twenty percent. Right, depending on the size of my player pool and what I'm doing, I'll then how much diversity I want. I'll change the unique players. And then I'll run it. I don't set anything individually. I just run it like this and see what comes out. I go, oh, if I do this, I'm gonna get 50% AJ elected. So I start jamming him into as many goddamn lineups as possible. So do I want that? Do I want my all my half of my lineups to look like this? I say, no. So I want 10% of my lineups to look like that. So then you go in and you you put the max on him to 10. But now you know that other people are going to start going. Obviously, I was getting Ray in fifty percent. I was like, "Well, I don't think his efficient ownership is fifty percent. I think he's going to be overowned. I want to exploit the field. I still want Ray in my lineups and in the lineups that he should be in, but not in fifth. I don't want fifty percent of him, so I set his at thirty, and then I run it again." Obviously, you set you set some of the chalkier guys lower. Then you start getting more Luis Garcia, you get more Zach Wheeler, get more of the other guys. Then you look at the lineups that are coming out, and you start looking and seeing what the, the ownership of all those lineups. And you go, oh, okay, this is too chalky. That's too chalky. You're getting lineups where you you're playing two teams, but you get you they're being jammed together too much. Oh, all my Padres are with Yankees. Oh, that's that's not good. And then I look to see where that line is where the ownership or the mass like, okay, finally I'm contrarian enough. That's at 157. Okay, put in I don't want any lineup that has more ownership than that. And then you run it again. Then you look and you go, okay, I'm playing the Dodgers, but I'm not good. I barely have any Corey Seeker. Like it looks like I'm playing 15 Dodger lineups and Corey Seeker's only in one of them. Do I am I fine with that? If you're fine with that, then go run with it. If you're like, no, I'd I'd rather have more Corey Seager than Will Smith. So if I I have have 10% Dodger stats and Corey Seager's coming up in 2% of them, I I put the minimum at six and I cap Will Smith who's coming in into all 10% of them at four. And then I run it again. That's it. It's an iterative process. If you're doing it that way, some people just like, I'm just going to, Let the projections do what they do. I'm going to set up whatever and a stacks type and how many of each do I want and just let it run. And that's what I do. And that's, I guess you can do it that way. If you just want to, if you just want to go blindly by meeting projections, I think exploiting the field is more profitable. So yeah, you have to, I've said this so many times when it comes to line up H Q or any optimizer, the optimizer is not there to tell you what to do. It's not. It's not liking anyone. All it's doing is solving a math problem for you. But you have to put in what what it is that you want to solve for. Oh, I want to. Oh, Geolito is going to be thirty three percent owned I don't. I am going to be under on that. Ryu is going to be twenty five. to be under on they're like. Okay, then who are you going to play then? Well, if the Alito is going to be owned, maybe I'd play some pirate stacks as leverage. I mean, you have to think, these are the strategic things that you have to think of before you do anything. 90 plus percent of people use optimizers wrong. They go in and go, okay, let me t- let it tell me what it wants. Like, No, it's there to help you build lineups efficiently. That's it. Josh shocks. I always hand build, but use multiple optimizers to gain an idea of value plays or lots. Like if four optimizers, I'll put in the same utility, I will put them in my hand build. And obviously, you're using terms wrong. Josh shocks, you're you're not, no optimizer is different from one another. Just make that clear. Line of HQ, there are multiple optimizers on the market. Okay. They all do pretty much the same thing. Okay. What you're talking about are projections, not optimizers. These are the bat projections. If I took, if I, if I downloaded the bat projections from Lineup HQ and put them into another optimizer from another site, I'd get the same. And I just and did defaults, I get the same hundred fifty lines. The projection—it's—it's it's, it's using these numbers. So if I go to another site, they have different projections. If I took their projections and put them into Lineup HQ. I would get the same thing you would get at that. It's all The optimizer itself is just a, it's solving a math problem. But obviously, if one site has Giolito at, it, it, look, 21.23, and another site has it at 19.68, and all these other numbers are slightly different, slightly different, typically, you're going to get slightly different lineups, slightly different optimals, optimals types of lineups. But what you're talking about are projections, not optimizers. And you know what you could do? You could take all those projections and just average them out. That's what a lot of sharp players do. You take, I take the bat projections, I take the plate IQ projections, I go to some other content sites, download their projections. Right? You put it into Excel. Average. Yeah, you look up it and you average that all out and then. And then you take that average of all of them, and then you upload it into lineup HQ, and then you build with that. You know, this is like the consensus from around the, the average of everything. You could do it that way. You're all dealing with projections. You're not dealing with the optimizer itself, doesn't matter. Well, the Roto grinders optimizer, well, it depends on what projection set you're using. You're, you, if you're doing your own projections, it's going to be different than anything else. But the actual, the actual tool of the optimizer is, is no different. Wads asks, it seems like lineup HQ tries to jam in the pitcher along with this team's stacks. Lately, I've had to set groups to avoid this. Is there a reason why lineup HQ? No. That's just purely coincident. Ray was the best projected pitcher, and the, the Blue Jays were the highest ceiling stack. So maybe they go together. There's, 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 nothing, there's nothing in lineup HQ that there's, that there's no correlation there that it does that. Pure, that's purely coincident i don't know why you would want to avoid that personally actually you'd want actually you prefer it if anything there's a slight positive cor- there's a slight positive correlation of the team stack and the pitcher so if anything i wouldn't i would do the opposite right i'd want that more often than not because remember the pitcher is eligible for a win which is is four points on track now if the stack goes off For 12 runs, it's more likely the pitcher gets the win. So there is is some correlation. So it's not something that I would actively look to avoid. And if anything, if you wanted to purposely have that, actually, that would be better. But only by a little, it wouldn't be something you prioritize. Michael Dompier, strategic question. Very large field last night. Large, yeah. The Super Knuckleball was Baltimore a better player? Was text? There's no such thing. You're asking. Once you start asking, is there? Is, is it a yes or no question? Then, then it's a bad question. You think it was Baltimore, even though te- Baltimore gave you the more relative value. But is that a better? Well, let's say you played Baltimore and then you played four injured players in that line. Well, then now the lineup sucks. Like, you, you can't think in those terms. That's why the next question from Josh Shocks. Any opinion on a 4-3 versus 4-4 in FD? Josh Shocks, I, what I would suggest you do would vastly help you. Go get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. You can find a theory of DFS.com. What you can also do is I've done maybe 500 to 1,000 hours of these shows. Start from day one and look at there. Any opinion on a four three versus four four in Fanduel? Yeah, obviously. If the, if I'll, I'll I'll play a one 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 Fanduel on Fanduel. I'll play eight one offs over a four four. Oh my God, is that is that is that blasphemy? Yeah, I'll play eight one offs of eight players that are in the lineup, then a four four of four bench players and four bench players, and a and a pitcher that isn't even pitching. Yeah, so like. Obviously, the one-one-one-one-one-one-one with active players in it. Let's say a one-one-one-one-one-one-one with all home run hitters that I'm able to play, right? And a four-four lineup on Fanduel where I'm leaving literally thirty thousand on the table and playing all minimum price players that are ninth hitters, the bottoms of orders. Like, like you can't think in terms of construction. You have to think in terms of lineups. Any opinion on four, four versus four, they're both fine. Four, two, two, one, ones are fine. Three, three, one, it depends on the lineup. Okay. I know it's I know it's it's difficult. Once you transition over and you understand what I'm talking about, that's when you make a lot of money in DFS. Okay. To understand lineups, not players. People pigeon, oh, I gotta play four, four in fan It's Like you. There are more profitable four four lineups than there are four three lineups. And which and there are more four three one lineups that are more profitable on average, like if we just took the whole season, right? Any slate, whatever, no matter what the size, and it's just a default. There will be more four, four lineups that are profitable than four, three, one, then four, two, one, one, then four, one, 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 then three, three, one, two, like. Goes down the list, but it doesn't mean that there, there are two, two, one, 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 one lineups or whatever the hell. There are some that are profitable on slates that it would look messy and go, actually, that shows a positive return. Not as positive return as 50,000 other lineups, right? You, you could have played better lineups than that, but it actually shows a profitable return. There aren't as many of them. Typically, the more correlated ones in MLB, there are more profitable lineups like that. And it also depends on the slate size and every, everything else combined. It's more likely to find on large slates, 14-game slate tonight, prime profitable 5-3 lineups than you would on draft games, than you would one-off lineups. But there may be, on a 14-game slate, there may be lineups that are all one-offs that are profitable. Maybe some. But in comparison to five-three lineups or five-one-one-one one, one lineups or four-three-one lineups, very very small. But doesn't mean there aren't any. So to think in terms of what should I play? Well, it depends on the lineup. You could show me a five-three lineup that's worse than I could, than a lineup that's like all one-offs. You go, how is that possible? I'm playing a five-three. Yeah, you have a that five-three lineup, is awful. Based on the projection and the ownership of the players and the size of the contest that you're playing. So thinking in terms of what, the const- what construction do I need? That doesn't mean anything. If you were to default and said, I'm going to play the entire season and not have to worry about it, just play the most correlated lines. People still do not stack enough in these contests. So if you're on FanDuel, if you want to make sure that you're most likely, if you're going to play 100 lineups on FanDuel, and you don't want to have to think about you go, I'm just going to play 4-4 four, four lineups every day, 100 lineups every day, every slate. You'd be better off than making mistakes trying to find three-man three, three man stacks and two-man stacks and find, find those lineups that are profitable. If you just said, I'm just playing 4-4 four, four every day. If on, if on DraftKings, you just play five-man stacks, if you just play five threes every day. Just say, I'm playing 155 three lineups and whatever happens, happens you're more likely to be like directionally accurate doing that than go, well, I'm gonna play a whole bunch of these types of constructions. And maybe I'm off on half of them, who knows? Try to find Oh well, this two-man lineup and this three-man lineup is right. So if you just, by default, you're more likely to find, it's like that marbles example, right? That I gave you last week or two weeks ago, whatever. Red, blue, green, whatever. There's more red marbles in the bag. That, those are the five man stack lines. That doesn't mean that the green marbles are the four man stacks. The yellow marbles are the two man stacks and the three man stacks. And that we have some, some brown marbles that are like the all one off lineups. There, there's still two or three in the bag. There's still two or three of them. But there's, there's 7,000 red marbles, right? And there's 4,000 green marbles. Because yeah, if I had to choose to play lineups without thinking, it's more likely that if I build all all of my lineups like they were red marbles, 150 of them, I'll I'll hopefully have good ones. Because it's more likely to have good ones. The key thing, Josh, is to don't go by anyone's suggestion. Is once you learn the math of DFS, You'll understand why no one can answer that question. Like, I hope you understand. Like, I've not even answered your question. My answer is, it depends. It depends on the actual lineup. So someone could show me a 4-4 lineup on FanDuel and then a 4-3 lineup on FanDuel. And I'll look at the projection and the ownership and go, okay, this 4-3 lineup is better than that 4-4 lineup. More profitable in the long run. And then you'll show me a different 4-3 lineup and i go, nope, nope the four, that 4-4 that four, four is better than that. Four. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. It depends on the actual specific lineup. You should be dealing with lineups, not players. The players are inconsequential to DFS. Wig 3-H, does it seem like this time of year in MLB leverage stacks aren't as successful? Why, what does that mean? What do I you mean, does it seem? Do you have data? Do you have data from the past eight years? How long has we been playing MLB DFS? I, I, there's, there's no data to show any of that. Seems like we have to get back to basics, people. Hopefully I, I made another, I made another uh, Excel example. I've been making these Excel examples, like I did the marbles thing. To show what the duplication and everything, these examples tend to do. I, I got good feedback on the Excel examples, and they're, not, and they're not hard to do. But I did one for EV and equity. So many, so many times. You know how many? You know how many conversations I have with people that they're—I—I—I'm—I I, know how to play DFS well. I cash in a lot of GPPs. I go. Is that? Are you making money? I go. I yeah, it's The weirdest thing. I cash so often, but I I I'm I I want to win the big one. I've never come close. It feels like I'm playing the best plays, and right the 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 number one conversation. Like I read all the content. I see all the things. I'm playing the best plays. I'm always off by two. It's a two v two, and but I but I'm cashing a lot. I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not losing money. I go. You sure you're not losing money? And they go like, let me check, and then I get. Have them put it into Roto Tracker. It's like, they show me the last, you know, two seasons of NFL. Because th- the person is like, no, I've been doing well in NFL. And they show me the last two seasons of NFL and they're down 6%. And they go, wow, that's odd. It feels like I, I, I've, I've, I've been up. It goes, How come it feels like you've been up? It's like, well, it's like, it seems like most of the time I cash. And they, they, these are people that are playing GPPs primarily. I said, yeah, well, caching isn't enough in GPPs. Caching doesn't matter. You shouldn't even care about caching pretty much. They go, what do you mean? I said, you have to build lineups to build first place. I would take a look. A lot of times they'll send me a CSV. I'll take a look at some of their past lineups, especially on slates that I I know I've played in the past. I'll go into results DB and I could could look. I could refresh myself on what that slate was. And a lot of times it's someone that's playing the 20 max or something. And they're building 20 cash lineups. It's like, I look at this and I go, how do you expect to possibly win this GPP with all the chalk in it? It's like, well, I got different. I instead of played, I I played one guy instead of another guy. It's like, you're playing a contest. This 20 max contest is is, that 50,000 people. How how do you expect to win with a cash line? It's like, well, these are the best plays. It's like, like, yeah, this, this, this is the reason why you're losing money. And then they're like, well, how am I losing money playing the best plays? It's like, like you need to get enough leverage. It's like, well, in this lineup, I faded this guy and I played that guy. I said, yeah, but that's not enough. <laughs> that's not enough. Right? You're not aiming for first place. You're aiming for the cash. So you, you have to aim as if like the cash line doesn't matter. The first matters and that's about it. So this is why I made this little, little spreadsheet. So I could put, this is a 10. I just, this could be a large field contest, but it, it's easier to show with a 10 person field. So, there's a 10 man field. So, I could change the pay and the payout. So, this is very flat. So, this is a $100 contest with 10 players, 15% rate. Right. You could, we could change the rate to zero if we want, and very flat. This would be considered an extremely flat payout structure. These structures don't even exist on draftings. Right. So, you get one, about 1.5x. 1. You put in $100, you come in fourth which is 40% of the field. So you don't even get that, right? So here's the payouts for hundred dollars. So the prize pool is 850 because it's 15% rate. So you could see it right here. So if you play whatever amount of times and everyone was equal, if everyone was equally skilled in this type of contest, that means you'd have a 10% shot at finishing first, shot at finishing second, 10% shot at finishing third, a 10% shot at finishing in every spot. If all lineups were equal, all players, all whatever, were equal, okay? Now, this is a flat payout structure. So obviously, if you have an equal shot at finishing in all the spots, you end up after 10 times, whatever, a million times on your $100 investment, you get $85 back, right? Because 15% rate comes out. And everyone's equal. So like no one becomes profitable. You have a minus 15% ROI. This is with a flat payout structure. Now, let's say you're 10% better than everyone else. 10% better. So you could come in these spots 10% more often, okay? The, high, the upper half, let's use that as an example you're 10% better, which is a decent edge, you're still negative ROI. If you're 20% better in just all the spots like this, now you have a slight positive ROI. So you have to be 20% better and come in for these spots. Now, if you're, this is a flat payout structure, by the way. Now, if you're, let's say you're at more of a top, GPP player, I, I'm going to show you the, the finished percentage of the top GPP players are going to look more like this. Something like this, maybe something like this. Let's make sure this all adds up. 6, 8, 10, 10, maybe something like that. So the curve, it's a bell curve. They they're less likely actually finish in this mid range, more likely to finish up and down, right? But they're like sixty percent better than finishing up top. That's an eleven percent ROI, right? If they're even better, it'd be eighteen percent, fourteen percent, ten percent. 6%, even less in these spots. It you go know, six, something like that. 12, maybe they don't go all the way at the bottom. So there you go. So they finish more likely up top, less likely in the middle. That's where the positive return comes from. This is a flat payout structure. Now we go back to the normal, if everyone was equal, right, 10, 10, 10, all the way down. What a lot of people do, the, the example that I gave before, but oh, I cash so often, is what you're doing is this. Oh, you're better than, you're 20% better than the field than coming in, in maybe in these spots, right? Maybe you're 12, 12, coming in these, 20%, maybe, maybe even, even 40% better, maybe something like that in these like three through six. Maybe 20, but you don't come in these spots that often at all, right You're forty percent worse maybe you're not even that bad right something like this eight, eight maybe eight, 10. this all adds up maybe you don't you' you're, you don't come in last place often at all, right because you're playing safe lineups two. I mean, these zeros don't even matter. So something like this. So that person would be something more like this. Oh, but look, I cash so much more often. Yeah, you're losing money. You're still, lo- you're still losing money. Even if I, t- if I took up the rake. Now, now you'd be making money. 9% ROI, which is not that great. But if there was no rake, yeah, you'd be fine. But there is a rake, 15% rake. So you're losing money. Coming in... More often, if we and the less we give you first place equity, the worse you. St- I mean, the dramatically worse you do, right? So we just moved some from first to second, right? So it's seven percent ROI. Now it's eight. Now it's minus eight percent. You get even worse. Let's say you're horrible at making first place equity lineups. You don't come in second place that often either, but you come ton, tons of times in third. And forth. Like you're worse. You're worse than you were before. And this is a flat payout structure. Okay, understand that this is a flat payout structure. You're 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 almost you're almost twice as good as the field in these spots. But you're awful coming in at the top. You're losing more money than if you were equal to everyone and just got first whenever you got first. And this is with a flat payout structure. So let's go to a payout structure that we see in most DFS contests. It's very heavy. But we still want to get a fourth place finish, right? Fourth place. No, we don't even get it. We get 30% finishes, right? So we go down to here. Very heavy. So that would be something like 18 Uh, let's 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 pay like 55 percent Maybe something like this. Maybe something like that. Maybe the maybe this is too too heavy? Is this heavy enough? Let's see. 30 and 50, 52. Maybe something like this. Maybe probably even a little bit more. 54, 28. Like this is what we'd see, I guess, in most DFS contests. If we scaled it out. 30% of the field gets paid to like 1.5x. Second, you know, I mean you barely 2.5x, and then you get 4.5x for first. Like this is, would be something more like this. So here's your equity minus the rate. Right? If everyone was equal, you put in a hundred bucks and get 85 back on, in the long in the long term, which would be a 15% negative ROI right because because of the rake we take out the rake obviously it would be even right we still got to beat the rake okay so if you were just 1% like how much better do you have to be at getting first second and third place like we go to 11 right you're still not profitable now you're slightly profitable if you're 20% better at placing in first second and third You have a slight, you're, you're beating the rake and then getting a very slight profit. If you're 30% better at getting up here, now you have a 10% ROI. Okay. 40% better. Now, depending on obviously the skill level of the players in the contest, once you get up to like 40% better, you're not, there aren't many people like that, right? You have to be really weak fields. Now you have a 19% ROI like this, but let's say you, you're not, maybe you cash a lot. Maybe you're really good. Maybe you're 18% likely to cash over here. Okay. But this, this has to come out of other things. So you're very good at that. Maybe you're very good. You're You're exceptionally good at third place. You're slightly better than average at second place, but you don't come in first place that often. Like you're, you're in worse shape you were before. Minus 16% ROI because, of, because of look how heavy the, pay, the playout structure is. You're in worse shape. You would have been better off being just equal with everyone than be really good at coming in third place. That you're 80% better than the field and coming in third place. And you're 20% better in the field and coming in second place. But you're 40% worse than the field and coming in first place right? Even if we made this eight, you're still not profitable. You're still not profitable. But if you did it the other way, let's say you were 40%, let's say you were 60% better in coming in first, but awful in everything else. Put it up at 18. You're profitable. If you're, if let's say you're twice as good as coming in first, which I don't know if anyone is like, if you're twice as good at coming in first, it's quite possible. You could be, let's see, four, you could be 60% worse than coming in any other spot and have a positive ROI. So if you aim for first, you have so, there's so, there's so much more equity up there in these types of payout structures. Cause we showed with the flat payout structure, it's still like that, but not as dramatic, but, these are what payout structures kind of look like in DFS. More like top and third is just like a 1.5x, 30% of the field. That 25%, 30% you get 1.5x. It's like getting there is it's not profitable. If everything was equal, like you're going to lose 15% of your money because of the rake. And the more that you're better at building lineups that have first place equity are dramatically and exponentially worth more than lineups that have good third place equity, second place equity. It's not even. I'd give up two points there for two points there. No no problem. Right, I give up two points there for another two points there. I'd give up two points here. For two points there. Like look, look at the ROI. It keeps on going up. The more and more. I have first place equity. The more and more my ROI goes up. Of course that means. I'm going to be cashing less. But I'm going to be finishing in first place more. So this little. I don't know if you want to call it an equity calculator. But just to show that. And you could go, you could go into your rotor tracker and see, oh, I have a high ITM. The ITM column is in the money. And you set it for GPPs. You go, I have a high ITM, but I'm negative. Like that means you're not getting first place in. Like if we take a look, I'll bring up, I'll show my rotor tracker. Let's see what it shows. I have not updated in about two weeks. So let's see. I'm just going to go to GPPs. Just going to go to GPP. Let's see. Category general. Category GPP. Add. Just so we look. So in GPP, okay, so here. In the money, 31% of the time. 31% Right, 31% of the time, but I have a 51% ROI overall for a profit of almost $500,000. Not even cashing with entries. Right? We go by, I don't know how to itemize this down. Go by NFL. Let's go to NFL. Sport, NFL. Right, In the money, 25% of the time, but with a 71% ROI. Right, if we take a look, uh, where's the finishing position? If we go here, go here is NFL. So this NFL GPPs, you can see here. I mean, take a look. Get one big bump, one big bump. Some small ones, a little spike, a little spike here, a little spike there. But most, this is what a GPP graph looks like. We go by finishing position. It's loaded, it's loaded. You see here, we go to 1% buckets, very similar. Like we go here, these are 10% buckets, but see the more that you get, the more that you're up over here, these lines need to be more up. This red line would be the equal, right? 1% versus the 1%. It'll be very similar to this. Like that's where this red line is, that 10%, right? Where if you would just hit this all the way through, you just basically lose money to the right. So it's like, so where are you placing lineups? In NFL GPPs, yeah, you want to have more equity up here than you do in the middle. or obviously down here. You go to overall, this is my entire, this is for six years. Look at that. This is, this is what I mean. A lot of players that I described before will show me their finishing positions. This line will be down by the red line. It's down here. And I'll see more upward lines over here. Like in that 16 to 28% range, this kind of caching 1.5 to 2X caching range. And see them, they'll have like, up, they'll have that this type of line here. And this type of line down in the front. And they'll go, look how many, look how many lineups I'm cashing. But yeah, but you're negative. But you're, negative you're, you're negative 8% ROI. Maybe, yeah, but I just need to get, a, it's like this it's this belief of like, I'm close. It's like you're not, you're no, you're so far away that you don't even realize it. You're not close to winning. You're the furthest away from winning. I could find lineups that are down over here that are better shot at winning. Because you're building two chalky lineups for the contest that you're playing but everyone says they're the best players. Yeah, for, for a median result, but not to beat other players at a game. And that's what this is, DFS is a game. So that's why, I wanted, I, that's why I'm building these little, these little EV equity, little calculators, little examples here, just to show the effect. Because people don't see the effect. They go, what's the effect of the payout? What's the effect of your skill level? and the effect of the rake on how much money and what you should be doing. This is, if this is a flatter payout structure, let's go back to the old one. The old one was something like this, what, 18, 23, 22, 27, something like that. 33 is something like this, right? Much flatter. We can make it even flatter than that. Let's go 20, 21, Give you even more money. Let's see. Make it as flat as possible. 30, 24, 26, 28. Yeah, something like this. This would be like the flat, flat, flat. Right? You're barely getting, right? Fourth place gets almost double your money. Like here, by coming in more in the third and fourth spots, it's not not as bad still bad but not as bad as it was before let's say right you're 20 percent better let's say you're really good you're 16 right you're positive but if you start taking them out of here like you're still negative you're still you're slightly worse at first and second but dramatically better at third and fourth you're still negative you still don't even beat the rake you still don't even beat the rake maybe then now you're small profit Still more dramatic, that the more that you add to your first place, a lineup that has first place win equity, the more that you make. So even if you're that, like, like now you're a little bit more profitable, right? You have to be 80% better at coming in third and fourth. Maybe you're even better at coming in fourth than anything else. Slowing down, 22, 16, something like that. But you're horrible at coming in first. Maybe squeak out only because the payout structure is so flat. Maybe then you could squeeze out a small profit. But you're never gonna. You know, no, there's no DFS contest that pays that flat. So I hope you get it. Because I could, I'll, I'll use these 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 Excel little calculator things more often. That's why that's why I'm making them. So when people ask questions, they go let, let's go to the example. Let's go to the Excel spreadsheet. Let's see what happens. Okay, let me go through the YouTube chat, see if there's anything else before we get out of here. I hope, I hope
1: that was understandable. I hope so. Let's see.
2: Max Coach responds back. During NBA, I would download the projections to Excel and then hide the player names and salary, highlight my favorites, and then unhide to see what happened.
1: Right. Because the names are just names.
2: Alex Santi says, I, I had someone message me at about a 30% win rate, wondering why they're losing. Like a win rate, and I'm assuming GPPs, like 30% cash rate in GPPs, which would be above average. And they go, why am I losing money? He's like, yeah, because you're not coming in first. Here's Steve Zarad. Here's, here's, a, here's, a here's a great example. I play these top heavy GPPs on FanDuel like the monster. I've gotten third place four times and second place once. Overall, I'm not profitable in MLB GPPs this season. Right, because if he ain't coming in first, look at me this year. My MLB season has not been good. And I've come, I've had like 20 top 20 finishes i've had like seven top tens but they've all been like i have one second place but everything else has been like eighth and tenth twelfth sixth all of that no all all i had to do all is if one of them turned into first place i'd be a nice nice MLPC. that's that's the difference but if you're not even aiming up there, if you're building lineups, that are like, wow, I, I, I play every day and I don't even get anywhere close to that. But you're cashing a lot. You need to change that. You need to, you need to win less often. But when you win, you win more money. That is the key. And it's the biggest edge in DFS. We come into NFL season. Download that CSV. Go look, go look at Results DB. You're probably going to have to download the CSV. Uh, for for NFL, like the the five dollar millimaker or whatever, you're gonna find thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands, maybe the hundreds, but maybe up to a hundred thousand, of lineups that have virtually no equity in first place. Like virtually none. You'll see lineups that are duplicated seven hundred and forty times in, in, a, in, in a, on a full slate. You'll see lineups that if you ran it through, you simulated it out. The EV of that lineup is like 20 cents. Like it, it's, it's so rarely will ever come in the top 100 that it's like, why, why you bother playing? And then you look at the lineups and you're like, oh, but well, these don't look like bad lines. They don't look like bad lines. They're uncorrelated. They have a lot of chalk in them. And you go, well, why, why do they, why do they? Why do they have so negative EV? Yeah, because they're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to beat a 1.2 million entry field with that lineup. The first place equity is just like, it's like nothing. Are you going to cash more? Oh, yeah, you'll cash more You're right. You will. That's not where the equity in the contest is. Uh, Josh Shots, what Jordan, what is your most favorite, most memorable DFS one? My favorite win? I don't know. Do I have a favorite one? I mean, I won, 100, won $117,000 like, like three weeks ago in MMA. Is that, is that my most memorable? My first 100K win, That that's probably the most memorable. That was what, four years ago? Four years ago? Yeah, about four years ago in NBA. I don't know, is there mem- memorable? All I do is I buy the jersey of the lowest on player in the lineup. So I have a bunch of jerseys. Except for the MMA one. I had to buy some like, like Etsy, someone made a Jessica Penny shirt. I bought that. Because she was the lowest on fighter in the lineup. And there's the there's no fighter jerseys to buy. <sighs> Anything else? Everyone's talking in the the YouTube chat, which is fine, which is fine. But you can find me if you want in the, uh, in the premium discord for Roto grinders. So sign up to Roto grinders premium $10 off your first month by clicking on the link in the description below. And a lot of the concepts that I'm showing you on the, on the the Excel and everything I talk about in the theory of DFS. So I'm going to get the 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. Get it at theoryofdfs.com. And uh, and I'll be back tomorrow. This is, this is the show now. I mean, be in the September. We'll talk some baseball. We'll have some baseball stuff. We'll ant- I'm, I'm essentially, it's if you come here live, I know this is a podcast also. I know there, there are several thousand downloads of this podcast and people listen to this later. Sometimes I'm talking about stuff and unless you're seeing it on the screen, you're not going to understand it. But obviously, if you're listening to the podcast version, rate and review it. But if you, it's gonna, it's gonna come down to who shows up in the YouTube chat, and I, and I, I have no problem. I most of the questions I answer, I've answered about seventy-four times before. I find different ways to answer it. I, I try to refine the way of trying to teach people how to play DFS better. So I, I, I hope, I hope to help everyone. It's not a picks-related show, so that's why, like going through like today's slate, I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna do. What does that accomplish? It doesn't really accomplish anything. That's why we got Grinders Live later today, 5 30 Eastern, crunch time for premium members. And we got the NFL. The NFL schedule should be out soon. Should be at the media schedule, whatever. Should be. I, I can't tell. I can't, I'm not allowed to say anything until it comes out official. I know what I'm doing. But it'll should come out soon. We got tons of content coming out. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to Roto Grinders. And uh, and I'll be back. Tomorrow, as usual, to help you guys out with DFS strategy, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.